Hey, Peppermint. Hey, Jack. <laughs> hey, girl. How are you? Hello, hello, Amy. I'm fantastic. How are you? you I know. am also fantastic. Good. I think. Yeah. Um, what we wanted to talk about in this little pre-show is like obviously in the world of COVID right now, mm-hmm. how are you performing? Um and what's going on? What like what are you up to on the on the daily? That's my damn question. Uh, my mom has asked me that question. <laughs> I've like, what are you doing with your life, honey? Um <laughs> Okay. And uh, I know she's rough, honey. She's rough. Anyway, uh, I'm having a, I'm look at the beginning of this COVID. I wasn't quite sure exactly how all of this, what this was going to mean, right? Like what was going to happen, how we were going to Mm -hmm. um, continue to live. I mean, my tour was canceled. Everything was canceled. Uh, And and I was really kind of worried about like what that meant for me, what, what that meant for my rent and my landlord. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know? <gasps> but I yes, was, I know. Um, uh, thanks to the magic of the internet, um, able to do a couple of shows. And, uh, you know, I just, I look, I, just, I think we are one, all of the fantasies and dreams that those of us who are over a certain age had about like, when we were watching shows like The Jetsons, and we were like, oh my gosh, one day we're going to be in spaceships. And one day we're going to have, you know, talk on little video screens and order the food or just up here. We're just that much closer now to all of wow, that stuff. Yeah. I, that's what I think. That's true. You know? Wow. Totally. That's a good outlook. How how was that to have a whole talk canceled? It was terrible. Um, I, uh, I was really excited about uh, this tour because it was a new album that I was going to be promoting and that obviously I'm promoting still, but I was going to be promoting mm-hmm. and we, the album would have been out and everything would have been hunky dory. Uh, it was going to be perfect. <laughs> it was going to be perfect. Yeah. And, um, and it was, it was quite, Oh, excuse me. I just was eating my pasta. Um, it was quite, <laughs> it's fashion. <laughs> it's fashion! <laughs> it was quite, uh, an upset. However, just in time for me to not become self-indulgent, we had lots of opportunities to engage in very meaningful conversations this summer. And so mm-hmm. I don't know how I would have been able, assuming that the rest of the um, events that happened this summer would have still happened, whether we were in quarantine or not, then mm-hmm. I don't know how I would have been able to engage while on tour trying to promote an album like that all would have seemed suddenly so much less important to me and so personally Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. i'm very grateful you know i i I was about to be real salty when i thought the best (laughs) thing that we had coming out of this pandemic was uh Tiger King, you know what I mean? Then I was like, oh God. Yeah. But now that we've had more conversations, I'm good. I'm good. Amy. Hey, Jack. I'm gay. Oh my God, that is so funny. I'm also gay. I was uh, going to tell you. Wait, really? Yeah. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to Dating Straight. Hey, Amy. Hey, Jack. Hey, Peppermint. Hey, Peppermint. Hey, Amy and Jack. Jack and Amy. <laughs> <laughs> um, how are you i'm fabulous <laughs> As always. you look fabulous look at your hair oh, it's glowing you know. it is just natural <laughs> yeah do you have a little fan going even yeah. nothing I'm, i don't even have the, i don't even have lights on i don't even have clothes on it's just how i look <laughs> damn <laughs> Um, so Peppermint, for those who don't know, which I feel like all of our listeners definitely know you, who are you? I'm Peppermint, a citizen of the world. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, that is beautiful. We will learn more about Peppermint in today's episode. But before we begin, uh, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Rate five stars on the podcast app. 
We love your reviews and also check out our Patreon where we make um, new episodes, live streams, and newsletters every month. I almost get it perfectly every time and I can't remember it, but thank you. Um, okay, so Peppermint, usually what we do to start off each episode is we talk about a little catch up that's happening in our lives um, and, you know, just what's been going on the last week. Um, so, Amy, do you want to take... Sure. Take it away. Well, I guess this is, hasn't happened like in the past week. It's been kind of a slow burn. But I looked around and I realized that I am the only single friend that I have. I mean, Jack, you, you're single <laughs> and I love you for it. But you live in New York and I'm in Los Angeles. So I just mean like out of the people that I hang out with, I am always the seventh, fifth, third wheel. Always. So I don't know um, what to do with this information. I don't know. Do I need to change this? I'm you need to sit with it and a bottle, get that. a bottle of wine and just sit with it. <laughs> <laughs> just really look into myself and see why. Why? I mean, I don't know why I've made these ch- choices. It wasn't really a choice. It happened to me. Yes. So. That's the ticket. <laughs> yeah. The pain. Well, are you, are you, when you're saying your choices, are you talking about your choices to be single or your choices to be friends with people who are not? <laughs> I wasn't talking about my choice to be single. Or your I was di- choices about... in women. Your choices in who yeah, you date. Yeah, my, oh, uh, there's, you know, I'm just so. All of it. Yeah. There's, <laughs> Life I mean, choices. <laughs> yeah. All of my choices have led me here. And I, I, I guess like, I don't want to date anyway. And we're okay. in a pandemic as well. So mm. I just need new friends is all I'm saying. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you She's know like, what? Change, yeah. If it ain't working for you, change your environment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so mm-hmm. I'll try that and let you guys know how it goes. Okay. Jack? <laughs> um, my catch up is that, um, so I was seeing this guy I just moved to New York, Peppermint. Welcome, um, just in time. <laughs> Wait, are you here? Yeah, I'm in New York. I've been in New York. Oh my God, Ooh. you didn't, I'm like a, a statue. You didn't pass me on the way in. <laughs> <laughs> Lady, Lady Liberty, yeah. you're like. <laughs> um, no, but um, I was seeing this guy in San Diego, where I'm originally from, and we have been talking a lot. And I know that this is like, Wait, long Maybe distance? Or you were crazy. seeing him before you moved to New York? Yeah, well, we were seeing each other before I moved, but like we weren't, we're not official or anything. Um, but he sent me a postcard where he like called me baby boy. And he like, um, <laughs> he, it was like, he was like, just thinking of you. And it was so nice. It was honestly, it's crazy mm-hmm. though. This is the nicest thing that anyone's ever done for me, like a boy. Is just send me a postcard. It was like so pure and nice. And now what the heck? Now, but now I'm in New York. <laughs> Jack, I need to send Listen, you a postcard. Yeah. First of all, let's get our, oh, that reminds me. Oh my God. You totally remind me. I have to send a postcard. I can't believe you just reminded me to send a postcard. Oh my God. I can't believe you just reminded me. I should write this down too. Um, <laughs> okay i just sorry excuse me that was rude but i needed to make a note. no um <laughs> i can't believe it's so bizarre in addition <laughs> first of all i have a question was it actually a postcard like that everyone could read from the other side Would everyone like a postcard yeah you know yeah. like you know yeah. postcard. it's just it's not in an envelope yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it was just a postcard. I mean, yeah, I guess the USPS no. could have read it, but okay. like public declaration. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I oh, love no, it. They it's can't. a great yeah. thing. Um, I think that's fabulous. I'm I'm jealous that you got a postcard. <laughs> Thank you. I can send you one if you want. To. I love that. But listen, you know um, what I have to tell you? Don't make the same mistake I did. Get, t- get, get that boy. Make him yours. T- get him to New York City. Listen. Oh my God. <laughs> you've made you've made a mistake like that? Like a long distance mistake? I made the mistake that a long distance relationship of or for of it started out local and then I moved. And then I wow. made the mistake mm-hmm. that the long distance relationship 
thinking, assuming that it would just grow with me and follow with me and we would be, you know, we'll be together for years long distance. And then when we're ready, we'll meet. No. Then they, he ended up finding somebody else. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, it. look, all things, it, what's meant to be will be, but mm-hmm. make big moves. <laughs> okay. Wow. Yeah, that was my question was going to be, what should I do? And I guess. That's what I Big said. moves. But I'm now also I know. single, so. <laughs> well, would the big move... We all are. We all are. Yeah, we are. <laughs> so. Would the big move um, be going back to San Diego? Like, where did where did you leave this man from to go Me? to? You moved to New York? Yeah. M- mine was not in San Diego. It was in San Francisco. And I lived in San Francisco short term while I was working. And then I met him there. We dated for several mm-hmm. months. And then I moved back home. And he came and visited me. I went and vi- we went back and forth and visited but at the moment at which other like cis hetero people seem to be like moving in and getting married, mm-hmm. I, we were like starting to break up. And I was like, oh, this is weird. Let's try to, you know, and he was like, well, you live across the country. Um, and so I would have moved. I sh- it was in my brain. And he, he, when he was talking about wow. moving here, I was like, oh, you silly. You got time, you know, and I shouldn't, yeah. I should have like gone, just go with it. Just go with it. You'll figure it out okay. later. Jack, I will, go with it. I'll follow my heart. I'll follow my heart. Ah! I want to know, baby. But <laughs> Does he uh, listen only, to only this time show? Will tell. He, oh, he listens sometimes, but <laughs> I mean, I'm very open with him. We talk very communicatively about like everything. Like, so yeah. I don't know. I'm not worried. Like, you know, we know that we know that this is confusing and it is so. Mm-hmm you know, why not talk about it instead of just like pretending everything's normal. But, um, Peppermint. Yes. So what is new in your world? I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind is the album, but if you have something else you want to get off your chest, please do. Um, well, <laughs> no, I was just thinking about everything, you know, I mean, it, like this, I don't know when this airs or when, when this is, when do you all, October, mid-October. Okay. Yeah, so it's been, been the, the biggest thing on my... So I, I just got back from Los Angeles. Um, I had Ooh, a fabulous man. photo shoot. I, I just filmed a music video uh, with uh, someone who's also featured on my album, Late. Now, last month, in the middle to the end of September, it was a really tough time because of, um, you know, I was just really focused on what to do about trying to flip the Senate and news about RBG and the non oh uh, uh, action uh, in Louisville, Kentucky with Breonna Taylor was really mm-hmm. devastating to me and shook me up on the evening yeah. of September 23rd in particular. I was so upset that night. And the next day um, I, you know, was really able to kind of organize my thoughts and everything. But um, I'm I'm very dedicated to re- figuring out how we can get through this moment and flip that Senate, dismantle racism and misogyny and homophobia and transphobia um, and mm-hmm. try to release an album while doing it, which also deals with all of those things. So I feel kind of good. If my album was like, look at my, you know, pink toenail polish, then it would have been, <laughs> I would have been like, let's, let's, let's put this on the shelf. But since it is actually about all of these issues, then it feels like it's the right time, you know? Yeah. Honestly, what is going on in America right now is shocking. Like it is, I mean, I'm from Australia and it's just, it blows my mind. I'm like getting sweaty thinking about it. It blows mine too. And I've been here the whole time. yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's shocking, but it's also like, I feel like a reflection of who's in power. Well, and just a reflection of like America's history. Yeah. Um, you know, we have, of course, obviously a racist history we have. Um, so it shouldn't be so surprising, but it's so surprising. I think that it's in the spotlight so glaringly, you know, it's, it's so, so obvious. obvious. It's so obvious. Yeah. It's like, what? It's insane. <laughs> yeah, I know. But, and now, okay, side note, sorry, but like, 
Did you guys see the clip of Trump being like, I might if you not. Lose, oh will you my God. Hand over power? Me, I gotta eat oh more of these noodles. Oh my God. Are we kidding? Yes, honey. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's, it's like he's not only are we reading the tea leaves, he's bringing in a whole new brand of tea and, put, and yeah. doing it in front of our face. And it's like, gosh, we're almost, it's almost like we are allowing him to test and float the idea that we subconsciously get comfortable with the fact that we know he's not going to leave office. And that is my yeah. worst uh, nightmare. I mean, not it's scary. that he won't leave. Like right now it looks as though he has been, at least according to September, right? Um, he is making plans to circumvent the, the system by way yeah. of the delegates and the, and, and the, uh, 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 electoral, electorate, yeah, and the Supreme Court, but the electoral, the electorate, so they can just basically put people in power who will make the decisions in every single state that's a uh, up for grab state, uh, an electorate that will say, okay, we know that let's say Pennsylvania voted for Joe Biden, but the electoral college and the person, the delegate and the, the person that's in charge there will be like, no, we're not, it's not going to Joe Biden. Can it's choose. going to, they can just choose. Yeah. And so yeah. what is happening? Like, what is this system? The flaws in the system are so, what are we doing? Obvious. <laughs> yeah, no, really. I mean, it's crazy that like we, I don't know, America's viewed as like this great democratic experience but it's really not democratic at all i mean it's to me feels very much like an oligarchy where there's like very few people in power and and they're just controlling everything and it's hard to feel like you have i mean you know i'm not saying like don't you know fight for our fucking lives but like it's easy to feel like we can't do anything when the president is literally like, even if he loses, what if he doesn't leave? Ah." It does feel like any outcome that comes in November is just pointless because then that's going to, I mean, even if Joe Biden does win, there's going to be a bunch of very scary, angry people. So, Well, anyway, that's not what our... (laughs) episode is about Sorry, that's but what's new with me no no i mean we we actually wanted to talk about that um and that was on our agenda but so i'm glad that you brought it up and we're happy to talk about it because you know some people aren't always um as interested in talking about it but i think it's important okay so before we continue on we just want to give a little thank you to our sponsors Thank you so much, each and every, for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Woohoo! Each and every's gender-inclusive deodorant is formulated for sensitive skin, made without aluminum, parabens, baking soda, alcohol, and synthetic fragrances. All that stuff we don't want. Um, With just six simple ingredients, plus essential oils, each and every uses natural ingredients like coconut oil and dead sea salt that work together to reduce body odor. And in fact... Each and every has been found to provide odor protection equal to an antiperspirant without the aluminum. Each and every was founded by two women in the beauty industry who are frustrated by the lack of high quality, healthy deodorant options. Um, One of the founders holds a PhD in molecular and developmental biology. So she really knows what your pits need. (laughs) And she really, really does. Like it's I I use each and every and it's so good. Um, It goes on silky smooth and keeps you odor free all day. Plus, it's vegan and cruelty free, which is obviously very important to me. Yeah. And (laughs) you can try it risk free with our 30 day money back guarantee. So there is no risk, honey. No reason. Yeah. Yeah. No reason not to try it. And truly, it is the deodorant that I use now. Like it's so good it smells so good it goes on smooth it has the scents from essential oils i use the like vanilla bean one and i get compliments literally people are like you smell really good and i'm like thank you it's 
must be from my deodorant. So, <laughs> so if that doesn't get you wanting each and every, I don't know what will, visit com slash dating. That's com slash dating and use promo code dating for 30% off your first purchase. Um, that is not eligible to combine with other subscriptions or discounts. So use ours. And yeah. one more time, that is promo code dating at com slash dating. Very cool. Also, thank you so much, BetterHelp, for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. So there is something interfering with all of our happiness <laughs> right now. Um, uh, mine, personally, is not being able to go outside in Los Angeles anymore because of poor air quality. Mm. Um, so BetterHelp is super important, especially now. It'll assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. Yeah. And what's great about it is that it has a variety of expertises their um, therapists do. So if you need a certain, um, I don't know, expertise that's not locally available in your area, this is a perfect place to get it. Um, Also, it is available worldwide. So it's for you. Um, mm-hmm. And also you can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor and you can get like timely, thoughtful responses. And you can also schedule weekly um, video or phone sessions. Um, so you won't ever have to sit in like an uncomfortable waiting room because I know I get nervous. Um, mm-hmm. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating good matches. So um, it's easy and free to change if you guys don't vibe. Um And it's more affordable than traditional online therapy um, offline. And it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling um, and financial aid is available. So make sure to visit BetterHelp um, because it wants you to start living happier today. Visit betterhelp.com slash dating. That is better H-E-L-P and join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting um, additional counselors in all 50 states. So get on it. Uh, Special offer to dating straight listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash dating. Thanks, BetterHelp. Before we get into like the meat of your album and what's and what's that about, we kind of want to start at like the beginning of Peppermint and, you know, walk us through how you got to where you are now. Um, So could you we were hoping to talk about like the your professional journey first. Um, I know a lot of people know you from Drag Race. So can you just um, explain like what you were doing before Drag Race um, and how did you get into, um, you know, that industry? Absolutely. Um, before Drag Race, what was I doing? Um, I was doing drag (laughs) the day before. Um, well, I moved to New York City to go to acting school, um, as a little baby. Uh, and I went to acting school, um, and graduated, uh, years and years and years ago in a different, literally a different millennia. And, um... And I started working in the clubs in New York City and New York City club life was, uh, is and was legendary and lots of people had heard of it. And, um, and so I was in the clubs with all of the, the fiercest queens and people, um, New York celebutants and all that. Um, <laughs> and it was great. It was a really rambunctious time. People were doing all kinds of stuff that like, I know is definitely illegal today, but <laughs> but it was fun back then. Um, and so that was really what most of my, and, and all the while I was sort of building up more of a, a drag career, I guess you could say. And I was um, meeting folks. I was starting to travel a little bit. Eventually I started traveling internationally. Uh, my first place to travel to was the UK and then to Australia. Uh, no yeah, yeah. And that was in 2008. Where um, in Australia did you go? Well, uh, my first trip to Australia was to, to Sydney mm-hmm. for Mardi Gras. Oh my God. And I went there three about I three wonder times. if I was there, literally. It would have been 2008, Mardi Gras, 2008. 
oh, I was definitely there at some point. <laughs> I Me, was there Andre, performing. <laughs> wasted. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um, and so that was, and it was beautiful. It was a wonderful, I actually went with a, uh, an indigenous group, uh, an LGBTQ indigenous group that was called the House of Black Star. And they had gotten funding from the government to bring in some performers. And so my first trip over was with the ones um, who uh, are a legendary um, nightclub group. Anybody that knows the um, the the song um, "Flawless," absolutely flawless. Uh, you've heard it before. Um, is that's them? And um, this year we lost uh, Nasham Wooden, aka Mona Foot, who was a part of the group. Um, um, anyway, so I went. We we went together, and we had our little. Uh, like mini micro tour in in Sydney um, for Mardi Gras. That was fun. Um, anyway, so that was my early years. I can't say the early years of drag, but like my the height of my career. And then that all kind of started to change because at one point, you know, just being from New York City, um, it was possible to have a career as a working traveling drag entertainer and not be on Drag Race because mm-hmm. Drag Race hadn't existed. Um, and then right. eventually. Once Drag Race did become a, a hit, you, you know, f- a few seasons in, uh, then the well started to dry up. And that's when I said, let me go and work and, and audition for Drag Race. And you auditioned for wow. Drag Race season nine, or did you audition before that as well? I auditioned before season nine. Um, I auditioned for season seven, eight, and nine, and obviously got on at nine. Totally. What, what's that experience like? Auditioning, mm-hmm. um, it's tough. It's basically you do everything that you have to do on the show in on a videotape, <laughs> um, and so like all the all the challenges and all of those things, and a lot of the acting challenges and and different things you have to do snatch game, um, and you have to put it on a tape and then send it to them, and so that's really it. And then like you then you spend the rest of your summer basically hope hoping that they looked at it. And then obviously okay. if they do, and then they'll call you and say you're in the running. And then there's a couple more things like paperwork and stuff you got to fill out and things you got to do. And then you, they say, whether you're on, here's your, cool. here's your, wow. your ticket. And Was then it's a like mad a really rush. Intimidating? Yeah. Was it like kind of intimidating or? Is it intimidating? Uh, yeah. Auditioning, the audition well, or just like when when you do get on, uh, yeah. I mean, it was not as much in t- for me. It wasn't as much intimidating as it was. I was suspicious and wary of everything um, okay. because I didn't know where the gameplay of the show began and the you know stress of life started ended. You know, like. I was, I was, you know, I know that I was, I, it actually is because I was, while I was packing to go to the show, I've told this story before. I was binge watching, uh, I think it's called Get Real. Um, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a scripted show about a reality show where. Oh, Unreal. Mm-hmm. Unreal, Unreal, not Get Real, Unreal. Yeah. Yes. With my girl, Constant Zimmer, who I have to send the postcard to. Ah. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the connection. Anyway. Um. And so I was watching Unreal, which is the worst thing anyone can watch before they go to a reality show. Because it's like all about of the show Unreal. They're like doing, it's like behind this, the fake behind the scenes of The Bachelor. And they're like dastardly mm-hmm. and how they're like, you know, um, manipulating people and being really, you know, shady and conniving and all that stuff. And so I'm like, oh my God, that's what this, the, the, I'm going to drag queens. This is going to be worse. And yeah. so yeah. that's what I was thinking. So when they got there and they're like, oh, we can't find your key to your room. I was like, oh, no. no. It's begun. And so that's that's where I was. Like, they were like, oh, everyone wait except for Peppermint. You know, like weird things like that. I'm like, what's oh going on? So that I was mostly in my head about all that stuff. But um, I wasn't intimidated necessarily. I was really excited to do it. Um, a lot of the stuff was, you know, all the feelings that I had about it kind of went out the window. Our first challenge, our first big challenge, which was on our season was a, a cheerleading episode 
which was not one day. It was actually about four or five days of preparing, learning the routine, oh my shooting, God. throwing each other up in the air. Girls got hurt. Some girls, one girl broke or cracked her ribs. Another girl, oh. like five of us oh sprained God. our ankles. This was like the first few days of us being there. Wow. They had yeah. medics coming on. The one guy with the medic, he couldn't, didn't have anything because all he had was Band-Aids. And everybody was like, <laughs> they were Great like, medic. Yeah, they had to bring in like crutches and wheelchairs. It was like oh, that oh. serious. Wow. Eureka was wow. actually on crutches and in a wheelchair. Um, they would t- wheel her to the thing and then she would get crutches to walk onto stage. And it was like, what kind of crazy, They you never need, never do that again, Drag Race. Do not be having drag queens <laughs> throwing each other. Like we were doing real physical, like throwing each other up in the air. It was mm-hmm. terrifying. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that was my experience, but it was good. I'm glad I did it. <laughs> <laughs> um, not only that, but you were also were the first out trans um, person on Drag Race, I believe. Um, can you tell us about, you know, what that was like? Did you feel any um, pressure or... You know, anything like that? I was the first, I was uh, allegedly the first uh, out trans woman to be cast on the show. And that's kind of a distinction because we want to pay homage and recognize um, the, the, the absolutely trailblazing steps of uh, Sonique who came out in Mm -hmm. her uh, reunion show. And then Mm -hmm. uh, Monica Beverly Hills who came out Mm -hmm. during the season on her episode Right. Which she got eliminated from. True. Um, and, uh, and so the, I don't really know their experience and, and, but based on what happened, I, based on what I've seen and know about the show, um, and, and my experience is that I was out in 2012. I came out in 2012. Um, and so I wasn't famous, but I came out in 2012. And so um, me coming out on the episode was really more of me disclosing to this room of people in the room that I didn't know. Y'all know what it's like to come out. And so that was basically what it was for me. Um, And I didn't have a lot of conversation with the producers beforehand because I was like all in my head about like if they were going to try to like push me out a window. But once um, once things got more settled, the producers actually did say, you know, yeah, we, we, of course we knew because I, I came out, I was out of the closet. I was talking about my transness on my social media and posting things. And I was on national television on uh, the daily show on, uh, in, uh, in April of 2016, which is before I even auditioned. Um, mm-hmm. And so all that was on my social media and the producers knew they said, yeah, of course we knew, but we were waiting for you to kind of bring it, to life on camera. Anyway, so that's that's that. Because there are some super, drag race super fans who are like, what's going on there? Um, but yeah, that was a, a big, uh, I guess, a moment for me. Yeah, absolutely. To be out. <laughs> absolutely. On the national stage too, or international stage. Like that's, you know, yes. turns you into like an icon kind of. Oh! <laughs> So you, um, you know, for that's kind of your, I don't know, professional journey, I would suppose also intermixed with your personal journey as well. Um, and you know, like you said, we all have come out, but, um, coming out as trans, um, must be, you know, I don't know, would you think it's more difficult than coming out as gay? And how is that journey for you? I don't know if it was more difficult. It was definitely different. Um, but a lot of that's probably attributed to when I came out, like as an adult again. Um, and so for a lot of trans people who are currently adults, um, many of the ones that I know, we've come out twice, right? And so the first time I came out as liking boys, the second time I came out as trans. And so um, I think maybe there's some people who come out in stages, you know, maybe some people come out um, in different ways beforehand. But at the end of the day, it was, you know, it wasn't necessarily the actual coming out that was the most difficult, even though it was terrifying. And I, and I went 
I was, I remember being like, like just utterly terrified. And I had anxiety. I had an anxiety attack, which I'd never had. And I haven't had since. Um, uh, One, one day when I was like, you know, more coming to terms for myself and like leaving the house. And like, I was like afraid to leave the house. It was insane. It was, it was a lot, but I think that's nothing in comparison to like the new life that I kind of brought myself to, which I'm very happy to have done, but like, you know, living, leading, operating in this world as a trans individual in America, especially a trans person of color is not necessarily the easiest thing. Yeah. And so (laughs) that's that. I'd I'd come out a million more times if if that's all I had to do. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And I know also we have had um, Gia and we've had Laganja um, on our show before. Mm -hmm. And they, um, you know, both face similar challenges, I think, or they both face challenges. I wonder if you've faced the same ones from having all of this personal, um, you know, information about yourself being on this huge spotlight. um, And, you know, did you have any struggles with that? Like when, you know, you your likeness is, you know, kind of public knowledge now? Not, I I don't really know, like, to what end, but for, for, for those two, but, um, my coming out was, like I said, it was, it was prior to Drag Race, so at least, even though, like, some, even though physically some people would say, oh, there's a difference or like a before and after or whatever. It was still like the same person, the same personality, the same embodiment. And so for me, anything that people, that people have access to, um, isn't really that damaging, you know, in terms of like my, in in terms of, um, me seeing myself like pre-medical transition or information that's out there. And, you know, I led the life that I'm, this pretty much the same life that I'm living now, except on a bigger scale. Uh, mm-hmm. now on a bigger scale. And so I was all, I was out even before I like officially come out w- starting my medical transition. I led the life of this woman peppermint since 2000 and 2000. And so my like um, moments that I wish to not have on film and television or on camera or proof of are they predate this era that we're in, you know, like right. all that stuff is, doesn't, it wasn't captured on film, you know? Um, and so I feel really fortunate for that, you know? Good. Um, so no. <laughs> good. G- great. <laughs> That's the best answer. <laughs> um, and then obviously our show is about dating. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, now that, you have been catapulted onto this world stage and like probably so many people in the community know who you are. Um, does that change the dating world for you? I think it does, but it's more like in my head, right? Because well, not only in my head, but it definitely is like the things that I'm bringing. It changes how I present, you know, how I, I'm being, having been on a TV show, like that's a thing you want to, like if you're on a first date and someone comes up and asks for like a picture or an autograph or, or mm-hmm. calls oh you by your stage name or screaming across the street, oh my God, it's, you know, you kind of have to figure out how you're going to explain that. So you either try to go to places where you know that's not going to happen <laughs> or, you know, and I don't necessarily like swipe left and be like, check me out on Drag Race. Like I don't do that <laughs> because I don't even know who this person is. Right. And so... Um, I want to try to just get to know each other for each other and then talk about the, talk, disclose all that stuff. So that's, that has been kind of tough. Um, the loss of anonymity, um, has been, has been, has been tough, but that's what we, that's what we sign up for. Uh, the dating world, interestingly enough, it's like, at least for being trans, it's like this I'm bringing a certain level of like secrecy, um, which could be 
potentially viewed as negative energy, but it's because I'm being a little cagey and protective about my public persona. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm bringing that. And I think that a potential date could could sense that when I'm Mm -hmm. like, oh, I just work in business. You know, like, I I don't really say what I do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But... By the same token, a lot of these folks that are into dating trans, at least the the men that I've been in contact with, are also bringing us a, a, a certain level of caginess and secrecy. Some of them we don't know, like we're on a date, but like, oh, are you married? What's happening? Like, you know, you don't know really. Then it turns out the name they gave you isn't the real one. Um, I can't really attack them because I have a stage name too, but. And so it's kind of, it's really bizarre, I think, dating while trans. Dating while queer is very particular. And dating while trans is like, what? What? (laughs) Yeah, I could imagine. And also, I know that um, if we relate this back to your um, album that is coming out, I know that in your press junket, um, your cover of Will You Still Love Me Tomorrow, you talk a lot about that, um, about, you know, the fear of being like seen in public with a trans woman or dating a trans woman. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, those, those themes are all throughout the album. They're my experiences and it's a, it's a love album. And so the, my experience with actually being like single and dating is, is in there too. Um, everything from, you know, quote unquote, fuck boys and like <laughs> hookup culture to that's the first, the song best sex, the single that came out in, in September or, end of September, um, is, uh, it's dedicated to the fuck boys of the world. Oh, um, I know of them. And <laughs> hello. Hello. <laughs> yeah. I met a few of them, honey. Um, and so, uh, you know, that is a thing, especially, I think if you're like young and queer and live in a big city, not that queer people are the only people who are like, entrenched in the hookup culture but if you're young and queer and live in the city you are definitely acquainted with the hookup culture Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. and so that's a thing um and then will you still love me tomorrow is is more about um i mean my retelling of, of the song is more uh it resonates for me more with the like we had a great one night stand and all signs are pointing to yes, but I'm still kind of like skeptical because of all the fuck boys that I've had in this very spot. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, you never know, like, is this, what is, is this like too good to be true? Oh my God, like this has been a great date. It was only supposed to be a couple of hours. It's, it's been overnight and the sun is coming up. What's happening? Are you just going to disappear? Like yeah. all of those questions that run through your head. So that's, more like will you still love me tomorrow and there's of course there's other songs on the album that um have some other um issues that they deal with i would like to know what it is um (laughs) that you do to you know keep the fuck boys at bay because i have had a problem with that in the past I have an addiction to them. Um, no, uh, you guys are terrible. It's the worst, I know. And the problem is, it's not like, I mean, not that I was dating in the 80s and 80s or 90s, but the problem, I think, is that, at least I think, I would like to think, and I could be wrong, maybe I'm wrong, and hopefully I'm wrong, but it seems as though the... the You're wrong. The, You're wrong. The, okay, okay. The gigolos <laughs> of the past, like the fuckboys of today would have been like the people that we would have called gigolos in the past. And those people, the the womanizers and the player haters, I mean, the players, whatever, um, they, I think, I think their game was more like straightforward. They're like, hey, baby, I'm going to give you a good night. I can't give you anything else, but I'm going to give you a good night. Okay, great. And now mm. I know what I'm in for. There are fuck boys that come in all types of disguises these days that are like, hey, you look like the woman of my dreams. I'm going to bake you a cake. Can I come over? And you're like, wait a minute. What's happening here? And then, of course, they turn out to be another doozy. Um, And so I think that's what's really tough. You know, me and my girlfriends, I don't know if y'all have had this, but me and my girlfriends, we end up hooking up with the same person all the time. And I'm like, here's yep. this one. We just met last night. He said I was going to imagine. 
And then we show oh, I got a date with him tonight. He's on his way over here now. No. You know, that happened all <laughs> the time. Yes. Whoa. Wow. Damn. Yeah. I think lesbians must be different. What? I hope well, so. I need to become a lesbian, honey. Not that it's that easy, but like, <laughs> try it. I need to do something because this ain't getting it, honey. This is not getting it. <laughs> Very nice. I mean, yeah, fuck boys. They're they are an addiction, but I think we just have to. I don't know. Treat them. Treat them like they're fuck boys. But like they like they boys. like however you treat them. They like it. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> It's a it's a lifelong journey, I think, you know, getting over getting over them. But. It really is, darling. <laughs> so my song Best Sex really at least turn like turns on the lights and says, Hey y'all, look at this behavior. You know? <laughs> because I haven't really heard mm-hmm. it like a queer person singing about that. Mm-hmm. Um, Me either. Yeah. And so it's 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 basically like you don't have a lot going for you, but you do have the best sets and yeah <laughs> someone's gotta someone's gotta give it you know i guess yeah <laughs> um can you explain like what a couple of the other songs are about if they're about love yeah. and dating because that's what our show is about well essentially the um the whole album is basically my personal diary set to music um which includes the my dating life and the time that I was in a relationship. And so uh, it basically covers the, a year of my diary entries. Um, and so the first uh, the first EP, the first album rather, because it's 10 tracks, um, is the, the beginning of the relationship. And then the next EP will be the middle and then the final one will be the end of the relationship. Ooh. And it all covers about a year. And so the beginning is all about sex and, and romance, right? And all the sweet stuff. Um, getting to know each other, the dating and all of that. And so what, another song that I really love on the album uh, is called Chosen One. Uh, and it's all about being that moment where your relationship sort of goes public. And because I think what we all want, regardless of how we identify, is our partner, the person that we're dating or seeing, to be proud enough to show us off to everyone that they know. And, and that's, a, that's a, a, an important thing, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's something that I think a lot of queer people, it doesn't come as easily for people who are queer, but not out. I think when, when we're queer and we're de- de- dating someone who's not out, I think that secrecy can come in and not being able to, have to be public with your relationship obviously can be a strain on the relationship. And certainly for trans people, because I think dating a trans person is still seen as unusual or some sort of like a, like a taboo or it's stigmatized in, in many ways. And so me having a public relationship, although I've had several relationships, most of them have not been public. They've most of them been a secret, not by my choosing. Right. Um, and the last one was, and I finally got a chance to experience Wow. Like very early on, he was like, Hey, I'm going out with my friends. You want to join us? What? (laughs) Um, and that felt great. I was so excited and I was so happy. And so I wrote a song about that. Um, it's called the chosen one, you know? Very nice. Well, as a person who's like, has a big social media platform, how is it for you to decipher who you want to share on your platform versus not? I basically, I, I decided in my head that that is going to come mm-hmm. when when I when the person I believe is worthy because I don't want to mm-hmm. put one of those fuckboys on the thing and then mm-hmm. people no, are like absolutely oh not. you know and <laughs> no heavens no and so it, I I they need to be the type of person that will be just worthy of the of that type of attention and not that I'm like some gift I'm not God's gift to to the people who to men or anybody but. I, I want to make sure that it's just like another side of me that's vulnerable and I want to protect that. And, um, and I think in order to access that, they need to be able to treat me in a, in a way that is worthy of that. And so few have done it. Um, I could, maybe I could have gone public with my last relationship with this guy, but I could have. And I, I, that was maybe I, 
I needed to figure out like what it actually was first. And it was, it came close. I was in love and all that and all that, but we didn't really, you know, if we'd still been together, I definitely would have gone public by now. That's just, yeah. A shot. Absolutely. A shot. All right. Should we get into some advice questions real quick? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. I can read the first one. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Okay, I don't even know where to start. So let's set the scene. I'm 23 years old and I'm married to a man and we've been together for eight years. Because we got together so young, he's the only person I've ever been with, which never really used to bother me until about four years ago when I realized I wasn't straight and actually was really fucking attracted to girls. I told him I was bi and he was the first person I told and he was great about it. I think he said, duh, so he wasn't like that shook by it. (laughs) Since then, I've become far more comfortable with myself and my attraction to women. Now I'm at the point where I'm just not attracted to men at all, and I think I could be fully gay, which is a problem because, you know, the married thing. It's not like I can even experiment with a girl. I've told him that I've been struggling with it in the past and asked for a free pass. Um, He said no, um, which he's totally in the right to do. He said even a three-way is off the table because he thinks I'll leave him once I experience what it's like to be with a woman. Oh, wow. Oh. So is it a red flag when your husband thinks you might be lesbian? Yikes. I don't know what to do. I'm not a cheat, so that's not an option. It sucks because he's my best friend and the last person in the world I'd want to hurt. Um, I even told my mom what's going on, and she said I wouldn't find someone who loved me as much as he does, and there are more important things in a relationship oh. than sex. Um, oh. So what should I do? Huh. Damn. That is a tough one. Um, Yeah. Well. (sighs) Crickets. Get divorced. No, just kidding. Uh, Well, I I mean, if you think you're a lesbian and he thinks you're a lesbian too, then. And and if he doesn't want to have even a three-way because he's afraid that you'll leave him for a woman it, you know you gotta you gotta experience you can't you can't suppress yeah your mm-hmm. be yourself yourself you can't yeah so i would ask again i would be like listen dude i need to experience this and like mm-hmm. i have to and i need your support or if not we some you know fair warning <laughs> yeah but then that's like giving an ultimatum for a threesome yeah. i don't know I don't, yeah threesome i don't think a threesome is what it needs to be i no, don't me either so. yeah maybe yeah. not i don't think so either, <laughs> either. Yeah. you know if, if 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 you are able to find someone who you maybe maybe talking about being open it's fair but i think yeah. what's good for the goose is what's good for the gander and so even though it sounds like that has been doesn't want to do this, but I would imagine mm-hmm. the next step, but a, a, you can either break up or stay together. And if you stay, to, but either way, you're going to have to figure out and sort out your feelings for and attractions to, to women. And it sounds like you want to have an ex- sexual experience with a woman. And so it sounds like the next best thing, aside from not, we're not doing a threesome is probably just being open um, mm-hmm. in the relationship and, and allowing yeah. him to also go outside of the relationship. True. That sounds like a whole can of worms I don't want to be looking (laughs) at, but... (laughs) You should read him this email that you sent us. (laughs) Yeah, that would be... And let him come to his own conclusions. Yeah. Maybe that's fair. Maybe make the... Because you can be gay and not out having sex with women. And so maybe the... Maybe the what's gracious in this situation is to allow him the choice of what to do next, at least in the time being, does he want to stay together or will he come to the conclusion, you know, like which of those he wants to do, which would get, feel like it gives him some power and maybe he'll not feel powerless in the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Go to to therapy (laughs) is my final advice. (laughs) Um, Okay. I usually like to read the shorter ones, so I'll go next if you don't mind. I don't mind. (laughs) Okay. Hi, Jack, Amy, and guest. Hope y'all are doing well. Um, I'm 17 now, but I came out when I was 15. I told my conservative Christian mother that I was a lesbian. Since she believes that you should love your child no matter what, she accepted me and didn't care one bit. 
Um, after saying the words, I'm a lesbian, the first thing that she said was, you're not trans, right? But here's the issue. I think I might be non-binary. What should I do? Heavy. That's a terrible thing to say to your child. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta let your kid be. I've heard it. Yeah. Not from my mom, but I've heard it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I hate I guess I don't. I, you gotta. I think you should wear that shirt and say, "Look, bitch, I'm just." Uh, I mean, first well, of all, if she believes already that you should love your child no matter what, then it's a then, done deal. It should be. You're in the clear. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. I don't know. I do think that it's it is really difficult. But the bottom line is, the family is going to. You can't necessarily base what's going to happen in the future on what your mom said when you came out because Mm -hmm. they're all going to change. They're all going to come around. Look, whoever's going to be, whoever needs to adjust will adjust. And if they're not going to adjust, then they don't need to be in your life. Mm -hmm. And that's what I Mm -hmm. think. So I mean, again, if you're non-binary, I think, you know, maybe try, um, if you, if you're worried about the reaction of your mom, maybe try, experimenting with different types of fashion and expressions and, and new friends to come around and, mm. you know, watching mm-hmm. certain, I don't know, movies or, or reading certain books and leaving them around that will clue your mom in. Mm-hmm. If you want to be kind of gentle about it, maybe, but mm-hmm. otherwise, honey, who cares what the hell that bitch thinks? <laughs> <laughs> Super true. <laughs> That's great. Um, okay. Do you want to read the last one? Yes. Hey, Amy, Jack, and Peppermint. So getting straight into it, 2020 started with my girl, 2020 started with my girlfriend of two years breaking up with me for my friend. Oh, Oh, no. (sighs) I was so determined never to date again. Hello. Good idea. Maybe that's not true. (laughs) Yeah, great idea. (laughs) Try it. (laughs) Or at least for a long time. Okay. So then Miss Rona happened, uh, which is horrible for the world, but it did help me in my quest for self-growth. And I spent every day, basically for six months, working on myself. That's very good. Um, uh, and finding happiness and all that shit again. Okay. Um, cute. So then for shits and giggles, I downloaded Tinder. Uh-oh. Honestly, only because <laughs> I wanted to make friends and have people to talk to. Okay. Uh, so I go on there. And since my town is super small, it was only two swipes left. And I was out of options. Oh, damn. Okay. So I made the settings international. Okay, that sounds like there's no middle ground there. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, what? (laughs) It's either my tiny town or the world. Oh, in (laughs) and This was kind of the perfect case scenario because for uh, then I would, because then I would like never need to meet these people. Okay. Um, Mm Mm-hmm protection i guess i matched with this girl in brazil and we started talking and it was super fun and we had a lot in common and she was teaching me portuguese and i was helping her with english and it was getting uh it was just super natural combos then we started facetiming and getting closer and well fuck (laughs) y'all i bought a plane ticket to brazil for the next year for next year We talk every day and every night on FaceTime, and I am falling in love. Whoa. Is this actually absurd? Uh, Like, I'm completely crazy for for doing... Am I completely crazy for doing this? Um, Also, she hates America, just like (laughs) me. Um, Okay, nope, can't blame (laughs) you there. So she's trying to convince me to move to Brazil, and I'm kind of down for it. So I guess my big question is, is it crazy to fall in love with this girl strictly via online, talking via FaceTime? Am I insane for buying a plane ticket? Or should I be looking, should I not be looking at apartments in Rio? <laughs> or is this just a super cute thing? Wow. Wow. This seems like the lesbian experience. This is how <laughs> really? like lesbians in the day, back in the day on Tumblr would meet and fall in love so i think yes (laughs) you know it (laughs) um so i think that like buying a plane ticket is fine and good but don't look at apartments just yet meet this person first yeah i think that's good advice i agree right 
Great lesbian advice from a lesbian. Well, I know him. (laughs) Well, Peppermint, that was great advice. Thank you so much for coming on our show. Where can people find more of you and find your album? Uh, People can find my album everywhere that you stream, probably the same place that you find some of your podcasts, if it's a music service. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, But of course, it's on iTunes and Apple Music and YouTube Music and uh, Spotify and Amazon and all those good places. Uh, And the album comes out on the 16th. And people should pre-save now if they want to get some potential for free merch, because I'm giving out some free merch uh, for people who screenshot their pre-save on any of the platforms and post it um, with the hashtag. You can visit my social media, Peppermint247, for more info. Very cool. Thanks for listening. I'm Amy Odman. I'm Jack Dodge, and this is Dating Straight. See you next Tuesday. Broken hearted lovers.